As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. <laughs> What's up, guys? Week fifteen. In the books and another win for our beloved Chicago Bears, this time over division rival Minnesota, avenging that awful, decrepit, pathetic performance we gave on Monday Night Football uh, just before the bye week. And, um, you know, a lot of redemption there. And, and like I said, coming into the game, I felt really good uh, about our chances because of everything that we were, everything that we that we did have this time around. We had a, 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 a an offensive line configuration that was playing a lot better. We had David Montgomery back, who missed. That was the one game this season that he missed due to his uh, concussion. Um, Mitch was back, which meant you know if we he was under pressure, he'd be a bit more mobile and apt to get out of the pocket than uh, than Nick Foles. Uh, would be um, we were you know a, a month or so into Bill Lazor calling the plays so we had a bit more rhythm going that way so there was a lot that we were a lot more that we we're bringing to the table this time around um, and coming off our best defensive performance of the year so maybe the defense would be a bit more motivated than it had been uh, in the weeks prior so you know it, it was um, it was there was a lot of optimism going into the game and, and, and honestly a little bit of dread uh, as well because as I was you know ramping up for the game on Sunday I was listening to you know the various podcasts uh, and, and such and all of them were picking the Bears to win uh, on Sunday which of course is uh, you know just adding to the anxiety of whether or not the Bears will now actually be able to do this I mean is it is it so obvious that the Bears are going to win and then this would be a perfect opportunity for them to uh, to choke and blow it. So uh, thankfully that did not happen. Our beloved come away with the victory to even up their record at 500. Still outside the playoffs because the Cardinals did beat the Eagles uh, on Sunday. But we're in a really great spot right now. A very winnable game coming up on Sunday with the Jaguars. And then a... You know, I don't know what I don't know what week 17 is going to be. You know, I don't. I mean, the Saints lost to the the Chiefs yesterday. So, you know, that gives Green Bay a one game advantage over New Orleans plus the head to head. So a two game lead for for Green Bay uh, with two games left to play. So, I mean, if Green Bay wins next week, um, you know, what do they have to play for uh, week 17 against us? They'll, if, if they win next week, they've got. Um, they've got home field locked up uh, for the 
for the one seed. So the only thing they'd be playing for is to keep us out if that's what it's going to come down to. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a big enough of a dick. I'm sure that he would probably play to just to do that. But uh, overall, uh, it's looking good for us. It's looking good for us. But, uh, well, we, we do need to take the Jaguars seriously. They're a scrappy team despite their 1-13 and record. They took the Vikings to overtime. They nearly beat Green Bay in Lambeau a few weeks ago. So uh, they are not to be looked over. And uh, it would be on brand for the Bears to look ahead to Green Bay Week 17 and then lose to the Jaguars. So, yeah, we need to be looking at this one seriously. We got to get this one in the books. We got to get it done. But before we get to that, we got to close the book on Week 15. So let's go ahead and get started. It's the Week 15 pre- uh, excuse me, Week 15 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. For the third year in a row, the Bears went into U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota with a little something to play for. You know, uh, well, actually, two years ago, that wasn't the case. In 2018, we really didn't have much to play for. We, we It was more so uh, we were needing help, help that we didn't get uh, in order to try to get uh, one of the bye weeks uh, in that uh, in that playoff race. But uh, we had our we had the division locked up. We're going to the playoffs. We were locked in at the three seed at the worst. And uh, it was Minnesota that had something to play for and that uh, just did not show up for that game it was a very you know confusing situation watching the bears just roll over minnesota like that when they had their season uh, on the line and then last year was the the bears looking to basically salvage the season having non-losing record they went into the game against minnesota at seven and eight needing a victory to make it to 500 minnesota already headed to the playoffs um through their jv squad out there and the, <laughs> they gave the bears all they could handle and we barely came away with the victory over that JV squad, saving a 500 season for us. And then this year, you know, somehow, inexplicably, after a six-game losing streak in the middle of the season here, the Bears still have hope and life in the playoff race after our win over Houston last week. We go into Minnesota, tied with Minnesota at 6-7, and seven, but Minnesota having the slight edge because of their victory uh, over the Bears um, on Monday Night Football five weeks ago. And, um, you know, needing a win, needing a division win uh, to stay alive in the playoff hopes and to avenge that terrible loss we had. I mean, it was our most pathetic offensive showing uh, of the season. I mean, I was sitting watching my, the game with my dad, and I was like, you know, at the end of the first quarter going into the second, I was like, I bet we have more yards on offense in the first quarter than we did throughout the game on Monday Night Football five weeks ago, and I was close. We had like 134 yards of offense after the first quarter, and I think they said we had 140 uh, in that Monday Night game uh, overall. So, I mean, it was just the most pathetic showing. I mean, you guys heard me tell Chris Gates uh, during the – you've heard me say it a few times in the last several weeks, but, you know, three drives in the third quarter after the Cordero Patterson kickoff return, three drives, nine plays – negative five yards total total offense I mean that just sums up the performance right there so we had a lot to answer for but as I said in the open and as I've mentioned a few times now we were bringing a lot more to the table this time around we had a a rejuvenated motivated Mitch Trubisky we had tailored the offense to his uh talents finally 
Uh, we've got a, a more cohesive uh, offensive line, the best configuration we've had uh, all season. Um, no disrespect to the day one starters, but we did not run the ball this well those first few weeks uh, of the season. We had David Montgomery back from his concussion that he missed the Minnesota game five weeks ago. You know, we like I said, we were bringing a lot more to the table uh, this time around. And like I said, the defense coming off its best performance of the year uh, last week against the Texans, seven sacks on the extremely elusive Deshaun Watson. So, you know, felt good going into this game. And pretty much right off the bat, um, we uh, were rewarded for our optimism. I mean, you'll you'll hear me say it here in the first quarter, knee-jerk reaction, both um, the first first possession for both teams, it was a defensive flex. And then it was for the Bears, especially offense throughout the rest of the football game because the defense kind of struggled and it was hit or miss for the rest of the football game. And they did just enough to get us the the win. And it was the offense that kind of bailed out the defense uh, this week, even though the defense did have a chance to bail us out later on. And we'll talk about that uh, in, you know, later on in the show uh, because of a miscue uh, from uh, Mitchie Boy. But um you know, as you hear me say here in the first quarter knee jerk reaction, um, you know, after a, a slow start out of the gate uh, for the offense, it was clear sailing there. Um, <laughs> there was a minor sticking point that I'll bring up, but that kind of goes away as we go through the game. Thank God. But, um, you know, uh, you we thought we were going to play better. We thought we had we matched up better with the Vikings this time around. Like I said, we've been bringing more to the table. And it was just a matter of us putting it out on the field and making it work. Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears and Vikings. And it's uh, both sides of the ball have had a chance to flex their muscles early here in the first quarter. The first drive for each team, defenses three and out on both. I mean, the Bears uh, sacked Cousins. They stuffed uh, Dalvin Cook. And then on third and 16, they let him have a few yards before getting the punt back. The Bears started with the ball, and it was a quick three and out. Like, I don't even remember what happened. That's how quickly uh, it was over. But on the second drive, both offenses drive the field uh, for a touchdown. Uh, But, of course, the sticking point for me is that first play of that second drive, a 19-yard run by David Montgomery, second and third play. Montgomery's not even on the field. We've already taken him out after he's given us this big run uh, on first down. We're simply just not sticking with Montgomery, which is all that's bothering me right now. Otherwise, Mitch is throwing the ball fairly well. We're moving the ball. The offensive line is protecting him, so I don't really have any complaints on the offensive side. Uh, It's the defense that's becoming more of an issue because ever since they gave up that second uh, uh, that first touchdown to Minnesota. Here it is on the second drive. Now it looks like they're starting to get Dalvin Cook going, which is going to open up the passing game. So my concern right now is whether or not the defense can keep up with this Vikings offense because they're moving the ball fairly well against us. The good news, however, is that it's 10 to 7 right now. The Bears have the lead. Hopefully we can tighten things up on defense, get the ball back in uh, in Mitch's hands, and we keep it in David Montgomery's hands and stop taking him out because a 19-yard run, and then he's automatically off the field. I mean, it's it's not like it was an 89-yard run and he's got to catch his breath or anything like that. It was 19 yards, put him back in the huddle, give him the ball again. Let's see what he can do. Let's give him a chance to build up some momentum, get a hot streak going. Instead, we keep taking him out. So 
Hopefully we get more David Montgomery as we go along here and uh, see if he can have himself another 100-yard game. Maybe if I had a crystal ball in my pocket, I wouldn't have been complaining uh, about that because that's exactly uh, what we got. But as you'll hear me stay here in the second quarter knee-jerk reaction, there was a reason that it was kind of uh, fate kind of forced the Bears' hands into it, and it worked like gangbusters. So hopefully this is something that, you know, it was a situation that we were forced into and hopefully one that we stick with. I'll talk more about that uh, in a second. But just to recap the the first quarter here again, you know, uh, like I said, I had no complaints uh, with the offense aside from the fact that per the usual, um, you know, we keep taking Montgomery out of the game and putting Patterson uh, in the backfield, like kind of inexplicably. You know, it's not like we we ran the ball six times in a row and now Montgomery needs a breather. So Patterson comes in. It was one run for 19 yards and boom, he's off the field for the next two plays. He's out. So, you know, it was like it is like I just I, you know, again, broken record. I don't get it. I don't understand. But, you know, nonetheless, that's what we were doing. Mitch made a really great throw to Robinson uh, on the sideline that got us deep into Viking territory. He made a great read and a really nice touch throw over uh, a defender's hands to Mooney, who ran it in uh, for the touchdown. Like I said, no complaints uh, from what we were seeing out of the offense, aside from that little sticking point of taking Montgomery out of the game. The defense, like I said, was what was worrisome because after they flexed their muscles in that first drive, Dalvin Cook was was pretty much running it down our throats. Uh, we were moving the football well, and and then you know the touchdown. There was some kind of uh, breakdown in in coverage because we left and uh, you know an All Pro wide receiver and Adam Thielen wide open in the back of the end zone with you know like we double teamed one guy and left the All Pro by himself in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. So you know no Jalen Johnson in this game, no Buster screen. So we had. Duke Shelley, a second-year player, and Kendall Vildor, who's our you know fifth-round pick, rookie, as our you know as our other corner and our uh, nickel corner. So mistakes are going to be made. It's just that you know those aren't when you want to see those mistakes. You know you you want to see him maybe make a mistake that allows a, a third-down conversion, not a goal-to-go touchdown be made to look as easy as it could, as it could possibly be. So uh, that was the issue. Uh, there but you know it, it the funny thing was the the secondary wasn't the issue you know we were but actually it was it was kind of a, a a six in one hand half a dozen in the other because on one hand is like you're worried about the defense and then on the other hand the defense actually kind of played pretty well at the same time it was just it, it was one of those things where you you didn't feel like the defense was garbage or at least not like you did watching them against green bay or watching them against detroit where they were just getting throttled uh by those uh by those offenses uh yeah they were giving up the first downs and everything but it just seemed like they were making more plays than they weren't you know it's just that you would just kind of notice, but like, oh shit, we're you know the Vikings are in field goal range again, or they're you know at our twenty yard line and everything. It was just it was almost surprising every time that it happened because it it seemed like the defense was playing so well, and yet Minnesota still keeps moving the chains and making things interesting uh, on their side. You know, um, the fortunate part was our defense was getting was getting more stops than Minnesota's was because after stopping us on our first drive. The Bears scored on their next six possessions, three touchdowns, three field goals. Um, 
headed into the uh, in the fourth quarter there. So, but um, you know, in the second quarter, it, it was more the same. The Bears had a very good, um, uh, very good second quarter uh, with the um, with the points uh, and everything. So it was a uh, it was it was a it was a good second quarter uh, for the Bears, you know, and for the third time in three weeks. The Bears more, you know, 20 points or more going into the half, which just tells us, you know, which says a lot about where our offense is at this critical point in the season. <coughs> Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears and Vikings. And for the most part, loving what we're seeing out of our guys, especially on the offensive side. Um, 20 points for the third week in a row by halftime uh, for the Bears. We hit 20 right on the nose Uh this week another touchdown this time from david montgomery i mean we had the crazy idea of giving the ball to david montgomery from the two yard line and he ran it in what a surprise uh to go up 17 to 7 uh the bears were able to shut down uh dalvin cook on fourth and one from the viking 34 so a curious call from zimmer on that one but uh it you know worked out great for the bears we stuffed him on fourth and one uh, weren't able to get it into the end zone, end up kicking another field goal to make it 20-7. to And then just before the half here, um, the Vikings put another field goal on the board. Dan Bailey, who went 0-7 for in all of his kicks last week against Tampa Bay, has made an extra point and a field goal. So he's off of his little streak uh, from Tampa Bay last week. But it's 20-10 to right now. The Vikings start with the football. And here's that ominous third quarter for the Bears. Can we actually reverse the trend of no touchdowns in the third quarter? Because we're going to need it in this particular third quarter. The Vikings, yeah, they've got fewer points on the board, but they've had a relatively easy time moving the football. Dalvin Cook already has 80 yards rushing uh, in the first half. Uh, the pass rush has been looking good, but we keep um, opening up the, the middle of the pocket so that Cousins can get up uh, and scramble. He's made it look easy the last couple of times. The pocket collapsing, he's able to run, get close to first downs, getting first down yardage, and uh, and things like that. So overall, the Bears have got this thing in control. It's the third quarter that's been killing us all year long. Will we be able to put points on the board to keep uh, Minnesota at arm's length, or uh, will we be typical of our 2020 selves and allow Minnesota to get close narrow the gap, or even close the gap in the third quarter. So big third quarter coming up for the Bears. Can we get some points on the board? And once again, here I am, uh, you know, uh, uh, talking like someone who did have a crystal ball uh, in his pocket, saying that we would absolutely need some some points in the third quarter because of the way that Minnesota was kind of ramping up uh, against our defense and you know yeah they only had 10 points at halftime we've got a decent lead but Dalvin Cook is starting to get going he's got 80 yards on the ground already uh, they're able to you know move the football down the field even though our you know our pass rush is closing down the pocket we're not keeping that pocket integrity where the middle of it keeps opening up allowing Kirk Cousins to escape and get first down yardage and extend drives uh, and things like that. We were closing down, uh, you know, and shutting the Vikings down when needed uh, in the first half. But they were, you know, it was like I was saying before. It, it just, you, you got the feeling that the, the defense was doing well. But at the same time, Minnesota was moving the ball uh, relatively easy. It was just one of those things, like something's got to give here. Uh, and in the third quarter, it was the defense that gave because they gave up 10 points 
uh, in the quarter. And, you know, it was uh, it was it was curious as to, you know, whether or not the offense would be able uh, to answer. Uh, but, you know, like I said, the second quarter, uh, we, we 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 ran the football. Uh, we kept running uh, the ball. David Montgomery running it in from short yardage, which <laughs> which seems like the most obvious thing in the world. And yet the Bears like almost make it feel like they have to be browbeaten into these very obvious things. Uh, which we'll talk. You'll hear me talk about in this next sneak near direction uh, here uh, for the third quarter. But um, you know, again, it was like the offense is doing well. We put up ten more points. We got twenty uh, at halftime. You're wondering where the hell this has been uh, all year long. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it was just uh, it was fun watching the offense, and then kind of an anxiety trip watching the defense because the the whole bend but don't break thing isn't a whole lot of fun to watch at times you know like I said it was like the pass rush we were you know yeah 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 oh and then he would get away and he would get like eight yards on third and six or something like that and when you know it's just one of those things where it just kept happening uh there and like I said Dalvin Cook was 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 running well which is odd for you know for the most part we 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 bottled up Dalvin Cook I mean we even saw in the Monday night game five weeks ago Going into the fourth quarter, Dalvin Cook had 39 yards rushing on like 14 attempts. Then Akeem Hicks goes out and he puts up like 60 yards rushing uh, in the fourth quarter to to almost break 100 uh, for the game. But it's like he got like he got two thirds of his rushing yards in the fourth quarter after Akeem went out. And even with Akeem Hicks out there and the defense playing well at times, Dalvin Cook is breaking off chunks. He had 5.5 yards of carry. Uh, in this game, which is not a recipe for um, success if you're any defense, let alone the Bears defense. So, uh, you know, going into the half, it was just like we are going to need some points uh, in the third quarter. And thankfully, our offense delivered and, uh, you know, did actually put a legit offensive touchdown uh, on the board. And it was it was a very good thing because my worries about the defense came true, especially uh, in the third quarter there uh, as the Vikings made some halftime adjustments that, uh, you know, uh, meant success for them offensively against our defense. <laughs> Knee jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears, Vikings. And uh, for only the second time all season, the Bears scored a touchdown on offense in the third quarter. And it's a good thing, too, because the Vikings came out the opening drive of the second half and carved the defense up and put a touchdown on the board to quickly make it a 20-17 to uh, football game. Not liking what I'm seeing out of the defense in the second half. Obviously, Zimmer and company made some adjustments that are working out well for the offense of the Vikings. They put up 10 points uh, in this third quarter uh, to make it 27-20. Uh, to So we have a touchdown lead going into the fourth quarter. And right before halftime, uh, Cordero Patterson ran the football, and you see him kind of like, uh, you know, looking at his knee or he's kind of bending it or something, like he did something to his leg. And ever since then, you haven't seen him in the backfield. That has turned out to be a blessing in disguise because now it's the David Montgomery show, no matter what, and it's been working out like gangbusters for the, uh, for the offense, for the Bears. He's got over 100 yards rushing uh, here in the third quarter. Uh, or for the day, but you know he broke 100 yards in the third quarter on his touchdown run to make it 27 to 17. Then the Vikings added the field goal to make it 27-20. The Bears have the ball now 
We are driving. We're in Viking territory, so we'll see if we can add to this lead and uh, hang on uh, to keep ourselves in that playoff picture and knock the Vikings out of it. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Support for the Bearstock Underground is also brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of the hair on their balls. If you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, Manscaped is here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021. Uh, Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start in 2021 with their Perfect Package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. The third-generation trimmer even has a light to give you the glow up you need in 2021. It's also time to freshen up down there this new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for the on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. 2020 was awful, so make sure your boys are refreshed and ready for new beginnings in 2021. Manscaped even threw in the uh, in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and are hands down the best underwear you'll ever wear. A guy with hairy balls is like the year 2020. Don't be that guy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Make Santa proud. Your balls will thank you. And with that, let's get back to the show. First of all, let me state here that I did not make a big enough deal about that touchdown run uh, from David Montgomery. There were a lot of really great things happening. Uh, on that play I mean if you want to see a play blocked as well as it possibly can be by the by the offensive line go back and watch that play you know as an offensive lineman <laughs> you know and I know you love you guys love it when I say this but as a former offensive lineman myself uh, you become aroused watching a play like that it is astounding what the uh, what the O-line did uh, watch what Cody Whitehair does to his guy you know, he gets up underneath his pads and absolutely pancakes him about seven yards down the field. Uh, both Alex Bars and uh, Mustafa wall off their blocks. I mean, and then it was just a matter of like David Montgomery is running so hard uh, at that point. He's not getting touched until he's in the third level. And it was more like the defenders were absorbing him than trying to hit him and slow him down because he just easily walks into the end zone from 14 yards out. I think he's I think he had 
like 96 yards rushing before that play, so a 14-yard play would have given him 110 yards after that touchdown. And what was so critical about the touchdown itself is that it was a direct answer to Minnesota's touchdown coming out of uh, the locker room. You know, it was an A-play 75-yard drive from the Vikings to start the second half. Dalvin Cook running it in from one yard out. It was critical, A, that we score points, period, in the third quarter, but so, so critical that we answer with a touchdown and the Bears went ahead, uh, and they did that. You know, they answered in a big, big way. 11 plays, 75 yards with us and our running back answering with a touchdown run uh, of his own. It was a beautiful thing uh, to see. And then, like you said, you, you or then, like I said before, you heard me mention the, you know, the Bears were kind of faded uh, in into – uh, turning it into David Montgomery being the primary uh, ball carrier out of the backfield when Patterson tweaked his leg um, in the second quarter. And, you know, he was still returning kicks, but he wasn't running out of the uh, backfield, and we didn't need him to. And it's kind of something that we've been saying all along, something that we need to do. I mean, it's something that I have absolutely been pounding the table for since well forever but especially over the last month you know talking about you know we didn't see enough of Montgomery in the Green Bay game uh you know as like I know that game started to get away from us but it wasn't so far away from us that we had to abandon the run the way that we did and then here we are with Detroit and Montgomery's running like a bat out of hell we keep taking him off the field and so on and so forth and an 80-yard run to start the football game against the Texans and we don't see him again for the next drive or anything that's pass 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 and so on and so forth and it's like here we are we're finally sticking with the run and you know <laughs> we only have one running back to do it with apparently because Patterson uh, you know was uh, as a precautionary measure not being thrown back out into the backfield uh, on a regular basis and it worked out as well as it possibly could have and hopefully like I said before hopefully it's something that we acknowledge you know as an offense you know that's is like the, you know I I heard a press conference or I listened to Tim Mustafer's press conference after the uh, game or an interview that Mustafer did uh, on local Chicago TV and he was like I love blocking for this guy I mean not to say that he doesn't love blocking for Cordero Patterson but you know these these guys love opening holes for Montgomery because they know he's going to earn it and then I listened to David Montgomery's interview and he was just like you know. The I'm gonna make I'm gonna make them um, not regret giving me the ball over and over. So you keep giving me the ball, I'm gonna basically reward you for that. And in you know putting your faith in me, I'm gonna reward you by doing absolutely everything that I can. And you see, that's how he runs. You know, he runs hard. He makes first contact with the defender. The first guy will not be the one to bring him down. I mean, like I said about that touchdown run. The defenders are more like absorbing him. Like they don't want to hit him first. You know, they, they want to be the ones that kind of oh, lay him down uh, to the ground as opposed to somebody who's just going to put a, try to put a shoulder under his chin, you know, and put him down because they know that's not going to work out well for him. Uh, he may only be like, you know, 5'8 or 5'9, but he's a little tank uh, of a running back and nobody wants to take him on one on one. You see it happen all the time. So. Um, you know, Montgomery finished the game 32 carries on Sunday, 32. And the most beautiful part about it all was not only did he have 146 yards rushing, 
but it averaged out to 4.6 yards a carry. You gave the guy the ball 32 times, and he gave you 4.6 yards a carry. <sighs> like I said, as an offensive lineman, it's yeah, that's arousing right there. That's that's the kind of stuff you fantasize about as an O-lineman. Every time we run the football, it's five yards in a cloud of dust, not three. So, yeah, that's that's going to open things up dramatically for your offense. And then <laughs> Matt Nagy with the most no-shit comment of the season when he's like, yeah, when uh, when you see him, Trubisky only has to throw the ball 21 times and, and our running back is we're running the ball 32 times with our running back it makes things a lot easier uh you know and it's effective it makes things easier <laughs> it took you 15 goddamn weeks to figure that out man it's been staring everybody in the face all season long and he's talking about like he's you know delivering some huge revelation to to all of us and i heard it on I heard it on Hogan Johns. I heard it on Pardon My Take because Big Cat uh, for Barstool is a huge Bears fan, you know, and everyone's just like, yeah, dude, we know. <laughs> We've kind of been saying this out loud to anyone who will listen for the last month, and you're kind of forced into it, and it works out well, and you're acting like, hey, look what we discovered, you know? It's just like, you're an idiot. Come on. Uh, God love Nagy, man, but I swear to God, he just walks into one every now and then. He definitely stepped into it uh, on, on that one. So, you know, hilarious uh, moment. But, you know, going into the fourth quarter, it's a close game. You know, thanks to us answering that touchdown drive uh, in the third quarter, it's a seven-point ball game uh, going into the fourth quarter. So certainly not you know out of hand or, or you know or in the in our in the pocket or anything like that and we we got to bring it uh, in the fourth quarter and luckily we did just enough to hold off the vikings get to 500 and stay in the playoff hunt knee-jerk reaction fourth quarter bears and vikings and the bears hold on despite a late uh, interception uh by mitch really like the just looking at the last few games, really the only bad decision that, that, that Mitch has made, uh, aside from the, those forcing those balls against Green Bay, Mitch throws. I, I don't, and I couldn't tell looking at the replay. I mean, I got to think he was going for Robinson, but the, the receiver in the area was J.P. Holtz. Uh, it was like a third and goal, and Mitch tried to force one in there, and I really thought he was going for Robinson, but it, it, you know, it, it all looks like it was going to Holtz. Gets picked off in the end zone. The, the defense finally holds because the, the Vikings were moving the ball, scoring points with ease in the second half. And, um, you know, it was 30-27, to 27, so the Bears walk away with nothing on that drive. The, the defense gets the ball back. We add another field goal, make it 33-27, to 27, despite Chris Myers consistently adding, the you know, all the jinxing talk that announces, well, he's made so many kicks in a row. He's on quite a streak, blah, 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 over and over again. Cairo Santos makes the field goals anyway. And uh, just here in the last, uh, we get the ball back to Minnesota with 50 seconds to go and no timeouts, and the defense holds on. The Hail Mary attempt gets tipped up in the air by Eddie Jackson and intercepted by Sherrick McManus. The Bears hold on. We move to 7-7. Seven and seven. We're a 500 team. Uh, for the for what only the second time all season and um here we go we're still in the playoff discussion now we're eagles fans 
Because if the Eagles beat the Cardinals today, we're in the playoffs and the Eagles, or excuse me, the Cardinals are on the outside. <laughs> so in the fourth quarter, this is where the defense had its chance to bail Mitch out. Uh, because, you know, the 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 Bears, they, they threw up a graphic uh, during it, and it was the Bears' last six offensive drives, and it was, you know, after the first drive of the game, the last six drives were touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal. So I joked to my dad when the Bears got the ball back, well, obviously we're scoring a touchdown on this drive. Uh, and we proceeded to move the football down the field uh, once again. And, uh, you know, the next thing you know, we are uh, goal to go. You know, it is a, uh, you know, first and goal at the uh, Minnesota five yard line or the Minnesota seven uh, yard line. Montgomery runs the football, gets a five yard run, gets down to the get us down to the two second to go. We got stuffed for a one yard loss. And then on third down, instead of running the football again and giving David Montgomery, A, a chance to score another touchdown, B, a chance at this critical point in the football game, because it's the fourth quarter. We are up 30 to 20, 30 to 20 at this point. No, 30 to 27, excuse me. We're up 30 to 27. So this is our response to, this is our, our, our answer drive to Minnesota scoring a touchdown to make it 30 to 27. Uh, nine plays, 65 yards. We get down to their three-yard line, essentially, uh, is where we are. And we go shotgun, five wide, empty set. Uh, and, you know, you were kind of hoping that, that maybe we're doing a uh, a quarterback draw of some kind uh, or something like that. But, nope. No, we're, 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 we're spreading out our guys five wide. Uh, Mitch is rolling to the left, which is okay. Okay, so we're cutting the field in half, limiting Mitch's options and and limiting his reads uh, as well. He's got a corner and a safety, and you know, and so on, as opposed to two corners and two safeties and blah blah blah. Uh, that's what it does for him. That's what the rollouts uh, help him with. And uh, you you heard me in in the knee jerk reaction like I wasn't sure who he was going for it's like Allen Robinson was in the neighborhood but it looked like it was going to J P Holtz uh, in the corner it got picked off by by Dantzler the 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 corner uh, for the Vikings and it, it still I mean I believe it was to Allen Robinson because Mitch never said complicitly who he was throwing the ball to all he admitted was that the throw got away from him and in that type of situation. Nobody looked open. Uh, even if he was trying to go to Robinson, I don't think Allen Robinson was open. J.P. Holt certainly was not open uh, in the corner uh, of the end zone. But it seemed like everybody that was running a route back there was running it to the deep, deep half of the end zone. Nobody was running a break. You know, nobody was breaking one off or uh, or anything like that. Everyone was kind of running a deep pattern into the back. Uh, it was just a, it was a bad call, a bad play design, and then obviously very bad execution uh, on the part of Mitch because he should have just heaved it through the back of the end zone. We take the points uh, for the field goal with with Santos, and you know we have a six point lead, uh, you know going into the final what three and a half minutes uh, of the football game. So, but instead. Mitch tries to squeeze one in there. It's get, it gets picked off, and now it's a field goal game 
The Vikings have the football. They have momentum. Not only did they score a touchdown to get within a field goal, they stopped us from scoring when we were standing at their goal line. They turned us away. Now they've got all the momentum and the football. They've got their timeouts. They got three and a half minutes, and they only need three points to tie the football game, and a touchdown's going to put them ahead. And um, the defense came through for us on that drive thank god uh they uh they shut the vikings down uh on downs it was a four play drive uh you know it's like after uh cook runs up you know um they they just stop him short uh fourth and one um you know cousins or dalvin cook on third and one gets nothing and then on fourth and one uh we go after cousins and it's an incomplete pass uh, to the tight end Conklin who scored the touchdown on the last drive and everything and the defense is able to turn him away and so the, then the offense turns that right around puts the the field goal on the board meaning that Minnesota now has to score a touchdown uh, to go after us and um, thankfully that ended up in a in a Hail Mary situation where like I said Eddie Jackson tips it up Sherrick McManus comes down with it Bears win we're seven and seven Minnesota six and eight essentially their season is over uh, at this point so because uh, now we have a series tie and I think we own a better conference record uh, with the Vikings uh, so I think that we're we're well ahead of the Vikings at this point with two weeks to go uh, in the season so and the Vikings the Vikings are going on the road to New Orleans on Christmas Day so on a short week they're going to New Orleans to play the Saints who just got beat up by the chiefs so uh the vikings i think are the unfortunate beneficiary of a pissed off saints team looking to avenge a big loss to the uh to the chiefs on 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 sunday so not a good deal for them but um you know so like i said the the defense bailed us out uh after uh making things a little too interesting uh out there uh letting dalvin cook kind of run wild 132 yards rushing for him five and a half yards a carry uh, on the ball game for you know for Cook, yeah, twenty four carries, one hundred thirty two yards, and a touchdown uh, for Cook, and um, you know two hundred seventy one yards passing and two touchdowns uh, for Kirk Cousins, one hundred and four receiving yards on uh, eight carries or catches uh, for for Jefferson, the, the that rookie that I was worried about. So the big three made their impact in this football game, but thankfully it wasn't enough because. The defense was uh, opportunistic with their stops uh, on Sunday, you know, holding firm on on those uh, fourth and one plays. I think we stopped them two twice at least uh, on fourth and one in that ball game, and both times deep in their own territory. So, um, you know, it was uh, like I said, very opportune is how the defense would finally bottle things up. Otherwise, they were, you know, letting things flow through them pretty easily. Uh, on Sunday which was worrisome uh, at times but like I said they got the job done when they needed to they answered the call when needed the most so they were clutch uh, at times on Sunday and so 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 that's where you kind of come away with like a mixed bag of feelings for the defense like yeah they gave up 27 points Um, they let Dalvin Cook get 132 yards Kirk Cousins uh, you know had a fairly decent day throwing the football Justin Jefferson that that rookie receiver of theirs, uh, you know, 104 yards receiving, so he was doing his job as well. But, you know, there were those critical situations where the Vikings needed something and the defense denied them. So, you know, you, you just kind of 
like I say, it was six in one end, half a dozen in the other with the defense. We did enough to win, so basically they're going to get away with it, essentially. Uh, the offense, on the other hand, like I said, seven of our eight drives after the opening drive where we went three and out were scoring drives the the lone um you know deterrent would be the would be the interception where that should have been you know mitch should have just thrown that away and we should have taken the points on that one to make it 33 to 27 right there uh instead you know trying to be a little too aggressive trying to squeeze one in there the throw gets away from him it becomes an interception we walk away with nothing after a nine-play, 65-yard drive. You know, as we get into the playoffs, if that's going to be a thing for us, that certainly can't be something that we that Mitch does in the postseason because we won't recover from that against better teams than the Vikings, which we will be facing if we do make the postseason. So can't have that uh, going forward. But overall, who can complain? You know, Montgomery had an outstanding game. You know, it's... It's not uh, often that you can say that, um, you know, Dalvin Cook, an all-pro running back, had 132 yards rushing, but our guy was better, and he was. 32 carries, 146 yards, 4.6 yards a carry, two touchdowns, and he also caught one out of the backfield for 16 yards. So, I mean, Montgomery had a 160-yard day uh, on offense and, you know, two touchdowns. Uh, one of them was a short yardage and the other one was just a steam train right up the gut, uh, uh, right right down the throat of the Viking defense in the third quarter. What a huge play that was. So, um, you know, he was outstanding. And like I said, he was kind of forced into the being the lone ball carrier on Sunday. And hopefully it's something we see a hell of a lot more uh, in the time that we have left this season. Like I want to see 20, 25 carries easy out of him against Jacksonville the easy you know even if if even if patterson is fully healthy and you know he still gets a few carries like i said in the lions games like i didn't have any issue with what we were getting from patterson it's just that out of his 12 carries maybe five or six of those should have stayed with montgomery to put him over 20 carries with the way he was running the football i have no problem with us using uh patterson from time to time he's an effective tool when used correctly and in the right time, we just keep throwing him out there willy-nilly and killing the momentum that Patterson, or that uh, Montgomery is putting together for himself. So that's my issue with when we're using Patterson, not that we're using Patterson. So we, we got to stop putting Patterson in there to take Montgomery off the field, especially after Montgomery has done something. You know, it made me crazy. 19 yards on his first carry of the football game immediately goes to the bench. It's like, you've got to be kidding. You've got to be kidding me. But like I said, thankfully, they were forced into uh, using him and only him for the entire second half, essentially. And, uh, you know, it worked out like gangbusters, man. It did. And and hopefully it's just like, yeah, maybe we should keep doing that because it was awesome watching David Montgomery just steamroll the Vikings for the last 30 minutes of the game and, you know, put the put the ball in his hands, which took it out of Mitch's hands, uh, you know, and not to say that we don't want the ball in Mitch's hands right now, but it's just this is like the ideal offense, you know, where we don't have to put it all on Mitch. The running game does its part and helps out Mitch, you know. This is what we need. And, uh, you know, so hopefully this is something that we stick with 
and you won't have to hear me belly aching about sticking points and you know Montgomery coming off the field after he just ran for you know 20 yards on you know two straight carries and stuff like that he comes out and here comes Patterson uh you know and stuff like that so yeah <sighs> anyway we came away with the win 33 to 27 seven and seven still on the outside of the playoffs but we're the first team out so actually you know which is to say that we're also the first team in uh if the the cardinals falter so uh, I, I did see a tweet earlier today that says the bears <laughs> can clinch a playoff berth on sunday a if they win obviously b if the 49ers beat the cardinals and i think if the saints beat the vikings or something like that and it's like all three of those things are entirely possible you know the 49ers are are five and nine they're not having a good season but they are entirely capable of beating the cardinals it's a division game that you know they play each other tough and things like that is not out of the realm of possibility that that san francisco beats arizona uh on sunday not out of the realm obviously that the saints beat uh minnesota on christmas day and it's certainly not out of the possibility we beat jacksonville on sunday we are a seven and a half point road favorite right now because what what incentive does jacksonville have to win against the bears on sunday the jets beat the rams which put jacksonville in the driver's seat for the number one pick aka trevor lawrence the quarterback the next the next peyton manning the next andrew luck that the you know the nfl can't wait to get their hands on so yeah and i know the nfl would probably love to have trevor lawrence in the new york market but the nfl wants trevor lawrence in the nfl and they don't really care where he goes and it looks like it's going to be jacksonville so we'll see how that uh how that turns out but uh i really don't expect to see much of a fight out of the jaguars uh on sunday um you know and and i don't think the jaguar fans are are going to have much of an issue with it you know we're going to have uh uh colton from the uh from big cat country um you know he was on the show back in 2016 the last time we played the afc south and uh he'll be on the show uh on thursday uh previewing this uh game and since i talked to him about getting him back on the show the Rams lost, or excuse me, the Ram or the the Jets beat the Rams, and you know Jacksonville lost its thirteenth straight game, putting themselves in the driver's seat for the number one pick. So, I'm very interested to hear his thoughts on this Sunday's game. I mean, is he going to be wearing blue and orange Go Bears <laughs> because we want Trevor Lawrence, uh, uh, in, you know, in uh, in in Jacksonville next season, uh, or is he like me? I want to see my team win to hell with draft position, you know, and all that kind of stuff. You know, three weeks ago, I was very much on board with Nagy and, and Pace getting fired and moving on to the next regime. But then we beat uh, then we beat um, Houston. We backed it up by going on the road to beat Minnesota. We're in the playoff hunt. I want my team in the playoffs. I don't give a damn, you know. If we got to suffer one more year of Pace and Nagy, you know, as a as a result of making it to the playoffs, then so be it. I want to see us in the postseason. I want to see us. I want us to have a shot. You know, if you're in, you got a shot. So, I want to see if we can pull it off. <laughs> Maybe that's delusional. I don't care. I want to see my team win, and uh, we're in a good position to actually pull that off. So, I want to see that, as opposed to watching them tank so we'd have a shot 
at Trey Lance or Mac Jones or something like that. I would much rather go a different way with that anyway. You guys know how I feel about drafting a quarterback right now. So anyway, that is going to do it. Come back on Thursday for my conversation with Colton to uh, to see to hear his thoughts on uh, how he's feeling about this game on Sunday. Does he want Jacksonville to keep losing so they can guarantee a spot, uh, you know, guarantee Trevor Lawrence in a Jaguar uniform in 2021? Or does he want us to see or does he want to see his football team win? I mean, it w- it's not crazy for him to say, yeah, I want the Jaguars to win on Sunday. But, you know, probably makes more sense to be like, yeah, that's a once in a once in a lifetime generational quarterback. He's going to fall into our lap. Let it happen. <laughs> you know, it, I, there's no wrong answer, in my opinion, for, you know, for Colton. It's like if he wants the Jags to win, of course he does. That's his team. He doesn't want to watch them lose. He does certainly doesn't want to see him do it on purpose. But, uh, you know, also, it's not wrong to be like, yeah, I don't mind if we lose because that means we get Trevor Lawrence and I'm all about Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, let's see that happen. But um, anyway, come back on Thursday, see what his thoughts are. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about this game and get ready for Sunday, the all critical game. You know, the Bears need a win. And uh, like I said, there's a scenario in place, according to the tweet that I saw, that uh, if the Bears win and get some help, we'll clinch on sunday so how about that how about a playoff berth in your christmas stocking bear fans how about that i'm down for sure so anyway come back on thursday me and colton hash it out and until then my name is larry d and this has been the bears talk underground VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.